greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast and a very happy Easter to you all. Do please leave a comment or a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Easter, a very warm welcome to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this Easter day as we celebrate the joy of the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We now sit or kneel for our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, 
Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil and confessing our sins with a sincere and true heart. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
of all life and power, who through the mighty resurrection of your Son overcame the old order of sin and death to make all things new in him. Grant that we, being dead to sin and alive to you in Jesus Christ, may reign with him in glory, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be praise and honour, glory and might, now and in all eternity. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice for ever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labour in vain, or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord, and their children with them. Before they call, I will answer, while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Peter began to speak to those assembled in the house of Cornelius. Truly, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the word which he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The word which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses to all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him manifest, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people, and to testify that he is the one ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter then came out with the other disciple, and they went toward the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying, and the napkin, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Saying this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and said to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Immediately behind the house in Sussex where I grew up was a railway line and I'm just old enough to remember as a very young child waving to the drivers of the steam locomotives that travelled past. Yes, I really am that ancient. But in, in time that particular branch line was discontinued. The railway tracks were taken up 
and my primary school friends and I suddenly had access to a wonderful and uncharted new playground the other side of the railway line, a large expanse of uncultivated land which included a massive and rather mysterious crater, a source of particular fascination for us because, amongst other things, it was a truly marvellous source of fossils. Looking back, I'm almost certain that that enormous hole in the ground was very recent, man-made, and in all probability of no particular historical or scientific significance whatsoever. But my primary school friends and I speculated endlessly on what might have caused it. Perhaps a meteorite hitting the earth, or a bomb exploding during the Second World War. The crater was there for all to see, but its origin was, for us at least, a complete mystery. Interestingly enough, I can remember the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, using the image of that kind of crater when reflecting on the knotty question of the resurrection of Jesus. As I recall, what he said was basically this. Imagine a massive explosion which leaves a huge hole in the ground. The first question that people will naturally ask is, what caused it? Was it Semtex or TNT or a massive gas explosion or something enormous hitting the earth from outer space or something else altogether? It's possible that there may not be enough evidence for us to be absolutely sure, conclusively, what created it. What we can be absolutely sure of, however, is the existence of the crater, which is proof that something occurred that had an absolutely massive impact. That fact, at least, is utterly indisputable. Similarly, when thinking about the resurrection of Jesus, people have a tendency to get so bogged down in speculating about the details of what might have happened and how, or whether such a thing could have been possible, that they often lose sight of the rather more glaringly obvious fact that regardless of what it was that actually took place, the impact of the resurrection of Jesus was of such staggering proportions that it blew a hole through history. It really was earth-shattering. If you like, the evidence that it happened is there in the form of the massive crater that it left behind. But to try to speculate more closely on what actually caused it may not necessarily get us very far. Because although the crucifixion of Jesus was a very public act, the resurrection was not. It happened in secret. It was witnessed by nobody. And although it is endlessly referred to in the New Testament, quite unsurprisingly, since the resurrection is the reason why we have a New Testament in the first place, interestingly, it is never properly explained anywhere. Instead, we are presented with a series of stories about the encounters that a sequence of very different individuals and groups had with the risen Lord. These are described in various ways by the different New Testament authors. 
and all of them struggled to do justice to an event that was so utterly unexpected, so extraordinary and so mind-blowing that the usual categories of thought and language were simply not adequate to the task. But despite the variations in their accounts of the resurrection appearances of Christ, the New Testament writers do have certain key themes in common. Firstly, their absolute conviction that Jesus, the man whom the disciples had seen tortured to death and laid in the tomb, absolutely and indisputably dead, was in fact totally, utterly and inexplicably alive. It was him. He was there. And although the ancient, was, uh, the ancient world knew all about visions and ghosts and things that go bump in the night, there is no suggestion at all that what they were trying to describe was something like that. This was something of a completely new and different order. Jesus was alive. But that is not all, because at the same time, all the descriptions that we have of the risen Lord in the New Testament also make it clear that Jesus had changed. When speaking of the resurrection of Jesus, we are emphatically not speaking of a resuscitated corpse. This is not another Lazarus. No, Jesus was recognizably the same and yet profoundly different. So, for example, St. Paul in 1 Corinthians emphasizes the spiritual nature of the resurrection, drawing a parallel with the way in which a grain that is planted in the ground dies and rises again, but does so taking a different form altogether. In the Gospels, a common thread linking their very different resurrection accounts is the fact that when the risen Christ appears, the disciples do not immediately recognize him. In St. John's Gospel, Mary in the garden mistakes the risen Lord for the gardener. In St. Luke's Gospel, the disciples on the road to Emmaus share a whole journey with him before recognizing the true identity of their traveling companion and remembering how their hearts burned within them when he spoke to them. Jesus had risen from the dead, but the risen Christ was by no means identical to the earthly Jesus. Something had changed. Something new had been created. But hang on a moment. All this talk of Jesus being alive, can't it be explained away as little more than a mass outbreak of self-delusion and hysteria among a grief-stricken community? just as adoring fans are still claiming that Elvis lives. Yes, in theory it could, except that that simply does not ring true when one takes account of everything else that one knows about the life of the people of God and the way God is. The Christian faith is all about profound truths that one learns through experience to be demonstrably the case, rather than being based on some kind of fantasy or delusion, because hope that is built on delusion is, of course, no hope at all. 
The cross is central to the Christian faith precisely because it forces us to confront the worst excesses of human evil and human suffering and to take such horrors with profound seriousness, which is why for Christians there can be no ducking of the harsh realities of human existence and no pretense that actually things are not really as bad as they seem to be, because frequently they are that bad. The point of Good Friday is its sheer, perverse pointlessness. It confronts us inescapably with the terrifying possibility of utter meaninglessness in human life. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But the message of Easter is that however deep and impenetrable the darkness and hopelessness may seem, however horrific the suffering, however absolute and final the death, that is not the end of the story. New life can and will break through. Love is, in the end, far, far stronger than death. We know that to be true. We know that to be true because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Death could not hold him. And we know that the Christian hope is absolutely real because it is not a hope to which we cling in order to distract ourselves from the dark realities of life. On the contrary, it is a hope that has reached out to us from the very heart of that darkness, enfolding within it the sheer, desperate hopelessness and despair of the cross. The light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here might I stay and sing no story so divine. Never was love, dear King, never was grief like thine. This is my friend, in whose sweet praise I all my days could gladly spend. Alleluia. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, 
and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Christ our Lord, who in his love for us died for us, that we might live is risen. And we pray this morning for all people in all places and in all kind of need. We pray especially this Easter morning for the churches in Jerusalem and the people of the Holy Land, for the church in Pakistan and its Bishop Azad Marshall and the Lutheran Church in England. We give thanks for Alison, our rector, Jeff, our associate priest, and all who make our worship here at St Bride's and online possible. We give thanks for their loving care and support, and we ask that you will encourage them and continue to give them the strength to help us meet the challenges that will lie ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Father, we pray for all those who are fleeing persecution and war. We pray especially for the people of Ukraine. May all those in fear find love and comfort in your presence, and may they be kept safe from harm. We pray for peace and justice across the world, and ask that you will watch over all those in need of your support. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, this Easter morning we give thanks for the beauty of your earth that you have given us, and pray that we will work together with other nations and peoples to secure its future and protect it for generations to come. Give us, Lord, we pray, the courage and ambition to see new ways forward and to do things differently. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, as we meet in your name today to marvel at the mystery of the miracle and celebrate the joy of your resurrection, we pray that you will guide us like you did your first apostles and open our minds and hearts to your wondrous power and love. Help us to go out to live and work to your praise and glory. We give thanks especially for all those who care for, educate and protect our young people. Give them, we pray, the faith to share your teachings with the generations to come, that they might grow to know you and the love and strength that having you in their lives can give. We remember this morning especially all those confirmed last night at St Paul's. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless and protect Elizabeth, our Queen, and all in positions of authority. This Easter we pray that the light of Christ will inspire the leaders of your world to work together to ensure we learn from the mistakes and divisions of the past and strive to build a stronger tomorrow and a world that is free from fear 
and violence and where opportunity and chances are open to all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be by the side of and comfort all those in pain, those who are facing the challenge of illness and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them and all who are ill the strength and faith to face each day and by the power of the Holy Spirit grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those that have died and have now joined you in heaven. We pray that they will all find peace with you and that you will comfort those who are left behind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we take time to remember in silence all those known only to us who need your support and love. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for the sake, sake of your, your Son, Son, our, our Saviour Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? The risen Christ came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Then were they glad when they saw the Lord. Alleluia. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Let us pray. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. But chiefly we are bound to praise you because you raised him gloriously from the dead. For he is the true Paschal Lamb who was offered for us and has taken away the sin of the world. By his death he has destroyed death, and by his rising to life again he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence, as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. God of life, who for our redemption gave your only begotten Son to the death of the cross, and by his glorious resurrection have delivered us from the power of our enemy. Grant us so to die daily to sin, that we may evermore live with him in the joy of his risen life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, 
make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.